Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. You gotta watch this guy. He takes forever doing things. <laughs> That's all. Just say yeah. I gotta mentally prepare. You gotta mentally prepare. Huh? Take, greatness takes time. <laughs> greatness <laughs> takes time. Uh, yes. I'm gonna remember that for every single time I'm late to absolutely anything. Like, oh dear, my greatness God. takes time. What's up, man? I am. I am just here enjoying some beautiful weather. Oh, dude, in, in St. Pete, Florida. Um, you know, just because it's it's Florida doesn't mean it has to be nice. You That's know, true. It could be raining. It could, you know, yeah. it could be chilly. But uh, I was down awesome. here. So, so what's your name and do you own yeah. a shop or? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Aaron Woods. Um, I own a shop called Extra Mile Auto Care in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And um, I originally started as just a uh, shop owner as part of the, well, at the time it was RLO. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, of course, that merged in with the institute. So, um, you know, stayed on board with with that process, and and uh, was recently um, approached by the institute to uh, you know potentially become in, into their facilitator program. And so we. Uh, but I, you we didn't should, start out like you. You're in a tech, and then became a shop owner. What were you doing before you, you became a shop owner? Uh, full time musician, actually. Really? Um, yeah. I uh, I traveled around and played guitar and. And uh, saying to to open a shop. Well, I'd, I'd been a service advisor before um, at some dealerships, and and really about the, you know I was in the fire service in college, and and uh, got out of that and went to work at a, a Chevy dealer in Hutchinson, Kansas. And um, it, I, from there, I went into the music industry, and I, I I'll never forget I was a uh, you know I had a I had the opportunity to do a lot of great things in the music industry, and and enjoyed a lot of it, but. One night I was uh I was sitting on a bar store a bar stool in uh, McAllister, Oklahoma. I'll never forget this moment. And um, uh, I was playing, and I got a video sent to me from my son's mom, and and um, it was my son hitting his first home run. Oh man! And I, I at that point in time, I mean, it was you know he was six, five, you know, and I thought to myself, I I have to make a decision, and 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 that decision that I'm going to make is what's going to be the, 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 the future, right. Of how many more things like this am I okay to miss? And is that worth missing? And I, I decided that it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and so at that point in time, it, it, it was kind of that catalyst, right. We always, we always talk about those, those defining moments that, yeah. you know, act as a catalyst for change. And that was kind of, that was kind of my moment. And as successful as we were in the music industry, I mean, we, gosh, we had, you know, I had a, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the Texas country music <laughs> scene, you know, but we were doing really well. I got to play with Toby Keith and Joe Nichols and, yeah. you know, a lot of these guys, but at that moment it was, that didn't matter. And, yeah. and and it, that was no longer what was important to me. Yeah. And so I just, you know, I made a commitment that I, I, I wanted to make, I wanted to, to change what I was doing. And, but the time, I, I mean, at the time, I still live in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and my son is in Kansas. I, I still have a house in Kansas, and I'm, I'm up there all the time. And and uh, so I, I knew I needed to to go into something that still allowed me to have the flexibility to, 
maintain my yeah. relationship with my son being in a different state because I was married in Stillwater. So it's not like I could just, just go back and, to, yeah. you know, go back to Kansas. And, and, uh, so I was like, well, I, you know, I really can't go to work for anybody cause you know, it's not going to give me the flexibility that I need to, to be able to travel back and forth between Oklahoma and Kansas and maintain that relationship. And so I said, well, I guess I'll open up a shop. Problem is I don't really know how to work on cars. Right. So I said, I, I guess I better figure out a way real fast to get in a position where I have the business, but I'm not, you know, the technician. Yeah, yeah. No, and just you know, I'm, I'm I've I've been around cars enough. I mean, obviously, I could I could you know do an act. Right. I, I got to where I was a fairly competent technician, really. Um, but that wasn't that wasn't my path, right? And you know, my my path was to be successful in a life that would be rewarding to me in the opportunities that that I could still continue to have that relationship with my son and. Yeah, you know, one thing led to another, and and uh, you know now we're uh, we're we're entering our fourth year um, as a shop, so we're still young. You know, it's still a young business, but we hit one point one million this last year. Nice. I think we're on track for one point four so far this year. Right. You know, and um, it's it's been exciting. It's been rewarding so, as well. So let me ask you this: when you when you went out and you started the business, right? Mm-hmm. How did you what what did you put in place? To build the systems, to build the processes. People. Right? People. Um, people have to be the fundamental to it all, right? Yeah. Well, hold on. Hold on. Time out. Sure. Time out. You need customers first, dear. Where in the hell did you find customers that quickly? I think... You're right. You, you absolutely. You you do need customers, um, but anybody can call a business once, right? But your people is what is the difference between that person calling your business once and calling your business twice. Yeah, right. I so I, I get that, but you're not paying that person unless you got paying customers. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so true. did you walk in with a chunk of money? Like, did you no, have a quarter no. mill burning in the I, bank? I was a, I was a like, full time musician, man. I I I started in a, a 250 square foot shop that didn't even have heat or air. Like, and when I say shop, it wasn't even a shop. It was like That's holes a in the roof. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Sure. Holes in the roof. I remember uh, I would come to work in coveralls, and the garage door didn't close all the way. It was like that big of a gap, and it was on the north side, right? And they didn't have a lift, so I'd have the, this car on jack stands, and I'd be underneath the car, and the wind from the door would be coming. Oh, in dude, those to where like suck. I and the I know front, all about yeah, it, there was man. a front room that at least had electricity. So I, I plug a space heater in that front room, and I'd go up there, and I'd get to where I could feel my hands again, and then I'd go back right. and work on cars again. So no, I didn't. I didn't start with money. I didn't do anything. Um, I think that Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now, and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over thirty-five shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, Shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started.
what I, I did is, is I, I was also a sales rep for Jasper engines. And so I've always kind of been associated with sales and, you know, and things like that and the, right. and the need for that B2B, you know, type yeah. of, of way. And so I went to all the tow companies. I, I, I took business cards to tow companies. I, I went and, you know, partnered up with some, you know, car lots at the time and, yeah, you know, sure not, you not get. super profitable work, but it's what you need yeah, to get absolutely. started. And it's what at least starts generating that car count. Yeah. And that workflow. Right. And then at that point, that's where you start building the systems and the processes and the people and things like that. And, you know, fortunately, Stillwater, Oklahoma, I, I, I love living there, but the the bar was never set real high for auto repair. <laughs> and, you know, and it was like one of those things where it was like, well, you you have a service advisor. Like, you know, you right. mean to tell me I didn't have to step over a transmission when I walked to come through talk the front to somebody? Door, right? Yeah, dude, that's my hometown. Yeah, exactly. And so hometown. it was like, I, I don't know if that's helped us, but at the same time, we... And I just had this talk the other day with my staff. I said, I don't, it doesn't matter what the bar is. Mm-hmm. We hold ourselves accountable to our own bar. Yeah. Right. But car count, you know. Well, it, how many staff do you have right now? Nine. Nine. myself. How many base? Six. Very nice. And so how did you make that transition? Right. Because like, that's something that's that a lot, lot of, of people. What's that? That's a lot of people. Two service advisors, office manager, three technicians. Uh, an apprentice technician because we just have our apprentice program now and then a GS. Holy moly. How many do you have working for you? You got three, seven? I'm doing something wrong. Well, I mean, <laughs> we knew that. Like, I don't think that we had to like. Am I overworking my people? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. How many do you have? Like five? But, you know. I, but, I mean, I do. They kind of work part-time, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're there 40 hours a week but they work part-time 39.99 that's right <laughs> it is it is it has become 40-ish trust me 40-ish 40-ish yeah well i mean so how did you like help me understand the transition because that's sure. something that comes up a lot mm-hmm. right because well, you just said it everybody's a dirt floor and he's like look i have a floor well, Ooh. I hate you both is what I'm telling you. Hey, man, I, I, I will I will take that all day. Yeah. You know, I was stupid. I should have looked for some like hick town out in the middle of nowhere. Hey, what what do you got for shops out I'm, here? I'm offended by that. I got hick. I see yeah. I'm not because I grew up in Kansas, so I'm good with that. Like that's not not Mount Hick. Kansas Hick. Oh, okay. Okay. As long as you're talking about your own people, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm fine. <laughs> How many times have you heard the uh, the Dorothy and the Oz comment? That's everywhere I go. Really? Did you? Hey, did you know that the Wizard of Oz was partially filmed, and they even had a theme park right next to my hometown for Wizard of Oz? Really? Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Same people that started Tweety started that theme park. Yep. Sure enough. Anyway, (laughs) now Liberal Kansas is the city that actually like claimed. The Wizard of Oz. And that, it wasn't that liberal had anything to do with it. It was like, well, nobody's really I thought claimed. The, like the yellow brick roll, road was in Wamigo. And it wa, it's Wa something. It could be. But I know liberal claimed it. Look it up. And so they, you know, it's, it's a tourist thing, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know that Kansas had tourists. Wamigo, Kansas. Yeah. That's well, they like they have a Kansas they have the doesn't Oz have Museum, tourists. Kansas the has Oz winery things to do while you stop on I seventy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't say that. Listen, you haven't driven through the central Illinois if you want to see some dirt towns with nothing for yeah. miles. That's Illinois, depressing ass place to live. So hey, I just you know I just want to point this out, like where Greg lives. Greg Ritter. Ritter, yeah. Yeah. He's building an awesome shop. He is, but you know why? Why? So he's going to build that shop for probably a third of what you've built yours. Because he's in a hick town. He's because he's in a hick town with nothing. Right. Nothing. And he's going to, he's going to kill it. He's going to be awesome. Why? Everybody's going to drive three hours to come to him because Mm -hmm. he's the only one that has a roof. Everybody else is doing (laughs) it on the ground. (laughs) I'm just telling you. That's what I should have done. 
And so I'm like, I'm, I'm going to build a shop in the middle well, of the city hey, that, that's in between how, six other shops. I'm going to be the shop in the middle. But that's how I started. But there's, there's also a, a, you know, I know we're, we're joking about it, but that's also a, joking. a very serious Depressing. thing. Like how many, how many shop owners out there that they're not having the success that, you know, they, that they desire or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it may be. And, and there's more than one reason for that answer. But how many of them think about when they go to start a shop, like, What's, you know, do, are they, are they talking about what's the average median income of this area? Are they, yeah. are they talking about how many other shops and of those other shops, how many of them are my no, business hey, model? Of, of course not. And, and so here's the thing is I think you had a leg up because Jasper educates its clients. Absolutely. And so you had the ability to get some information mm-hmm. and you had been given information to help your clients that you didn't that that many others don't have sure right and so the the thing of it is is like what we see the trend being is that somebody who is a technician will go and start a shop and so they go start a shop and they think that what makes them good at at fixing cars is going to make them a great auto shop owner and that's just not true no e-myth and and so the thing is is like how do we help those guys because there, there's a lot of guys you know we talk about the technician don't discount shortage. what he did he hustled you oh, know, I, I really did. I'm not saying that at all. You know what I didn't do? I didn't do any of the things that you said. I'm not walking in there. I'm not but yet here we are in the same companies. room together, which means I started sir, a podcast. There's more. There's more than one way you to travel nine, down a road, sir. You have nine employees. That, yeah, but you act like not. you act like that's all a great thing. <laughs> like, did you? I have nine employees, which means I. Somebody asked me, said, "What do you do?" I said, "I." I never left the fire service. That's it. You babysit. I just, I, I, just I, I still put out fires, but no, I mean, I, and I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, it's, I, I, there's a, there's a middle ground there. Like I agree with you. It's, it's the, it's the Michael Gerber yeah. myth, right? It's, you know, you, there's a difference between working in a bakery mm-hmm. and knowing how to bake cupcakes and then owning a business that bakes cupcakes. Yeah. And we see it time in and time out. Right. And I think that there's some obviously some some truth and some validity there. I came from the sales side, right? And yeah. so when I approached the the business, obviously I still had a lot to learn from the business aspect, mm-hmm. but I did already kind of have that natural ability to communicate with people, yeah, which ultimately is how people value that transaction right well well i I think it i think it comes back to the curse of knowledge Mm -hmm. right because when you're a technician you look at it and you say i know how much this part is sure i know how much time it's going to take me to fix this car i know i can get it done for this right Mm -hmm. and if it was my car this is what i think a fair price would be they don't come at it with a, a logical sense of here's how much it should be to fix this here's how much profit i need they just approach it and say here's what i'd feel comfortable with right yep and so when they go at it in such a way Right. There, there's no strategy behind it. Whereas you worked for Jasper, you worked in other fields first. So you approached it and said, hey, I know that 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 engine, this is what I pay for it. And it's got to make profit. I got to sell it for this. Right. You understood that it didn't when you were selling the Jasper product, you didn't like, well, it should be cheaper. Great. I mean, it should. <laughs> I, mean I, I love it. But what do you want me to do with it? Right. Like. You you had you had to be able to, uh, and and I agree with you a hundred percent. What what Jasper taught me is that there is a difference between price and value. Yeah, of course. And I think that's that's huge because I think that a lot of technicians that turned into shop owners or really just people in general, they think that price is what matters. Yeah. And they don't know the difference between the two. And and the difference between the two is price is what you pay for something. Mm-hmm. Value is what you get. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that we what we have to do is that we have to understand that Miss Johnson isn't as concerned about the price as she is concerned with what do I get for that yeah. price. Right. And we have to position ourselves with the ability to give Miss Johnson and in, in really on a repeated thing, right? Yeah. A, a systemized transactional way or 
getting away from transaction and I guess more of a relationship, but right. getting Miss Johnson more value. Yeah. And so I, I think that making that transition into the the 1.5 to the $2 million shops, if you look at those guys and you look at those players that are in those markets, I think they've, that's, you know, one of the characteristics they may share is that ability to transcend past that transaction. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I mean, that that's how they retain clients. That's absolutely. how they grow and, and continue to amass clients, if you will. Make the phone right. ring twice. Exactly. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, we just talked about that in the group the other day is that, that it, it's beyond just, you know, and, and I guess my explanation was somebody was mentioning firing clients. Sure. And I'm like, look, you, you don't want the wrong client in the shop because they're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. I call it nope. the Gandalf. Right. Nobody's going to be happy. Why are we? Why are we continuing this relationship? Sure. The Gandalf. Yeah. Like from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You don't remember that scene? Uh, and I'm not even a huge Lord of the Rings guy, but I mean, I just know the scene where, like, where he's like, he's I think he's battling a golem, and it's, it's where he dies, right? And he he like I I work with some advisors, right? And I call it the you know if you are the advisor, you are the Gandalf of your shop, and that what I mean by that is like. You stab that staff down to you. You will not pass. <laughs> right? you know, like, yeah. You have to be that. Right. So of I was course. just alluding to your well, point there. Well, I mean, here's the thing is that, that I think in a small town, it takes longer to accomplish that process because those, those clients coming through the door, you may see less clients initially. Right. And sure. it, it's, you know, the used car thing, right. In a lot of ways, I've, I've got a great friend of mine. His name's Chad Estre. owns Auto World. It's a car dealership and they do a really good job with their cars. But, but I helped Chad and Chad helped me. Mm-hmm. Chad brought me a lot of work. Sure. But uh, his profit that he has to make to sell those cars is tied up in the work that I'm doing too. Absolutely. So at some point we had to come to a, <laughs> a point where we went different ways, well, right? But it was, and that's okay. Yeah. There, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it served a purpose at the time that it yep. did. And, and it, it fed my family. Did. You 100%. You know? And and so I, I think the thing is, is that in a, a I'm small. I'm sure it's not with Chad, though, but it is exploitative. Exploitative. <laughs> Explicitive? No. Oh. <laughs> I think I said it right the first time. Say it again. Just Exploitative. So we can Exploitative. Exploitative. It, it, there are a lot of car dealers it is. Right, I think They're, it's all of them, not Chad. Everybody else, no, no. It listen, Chad is an epic business person, and he will push. Right, he's about growth. He's about, and he's built a, and I mean to say that he's built an empire is is, is close to accurate as you can. Are get. they all all his? Mm-hmm. All the auto worlds? There's one in Kansas City. No, no, no. I'm oh. saying all of his little empire in our area. Oh. Right. He's he's built a he's built a massive brand. Sure. They go from shop owner to shop owner. They yep. go to like you know oh that guy just opened up. Yep. He needs yep. cars. Yep. They yep. slip in there and like hey we got a five hundred dollar budget on this car. Can you fix as much as he can? Yeah. I'll, I'll bring you the parts. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we have we have that in our area. It's called CarMart. Yeah, you know they're they're headquartered out of uh, Fayetteville, not Fayetteville, uh, Bentonville, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know of course Carmart, Walmart. Yeah, but uh, they're the same way. You know, it, and it's car count, and it's yeah. you know it's a it's a it's a steady check. Yeah, and and at the time that you're you know you're first starting your business, that you know at the time I think when I first signed on with Carmart, it was like seventy bucks an hour. Right for a one two man operation that just started, that can be the difference between buying right, that. You don't have that overhead yet. You betcha, absolutely. You know, so you've got some room to work with. But what I've seen happen though, way too often, is they they get tied up with those cars, the the shop. Mm-hmm. That's all they're working on, and they don't have the phone skills. They haven't set up those systems. They don't have anybody else working up front. Sure. It's them, maybe a helper, maybe another technician and a helper, but they're just banging out used cars at 60 to $70 an hour with no parts margin. Mm-hmm. And at real customers call phone doesn't get picked up. Sure. There's the voicemail phone gets, maybe they call back. Maybe they don't. Or they actually start putting advertising out there. Yeah. Uh, this happened to, to a shop owner in, in Alabama, nice guy. And he had gotten to the point where he's like, hey, I'm working like 70 hours a week here. Yep. My wife is upset because I'm never home. And 
And, you know, he blamed it on car count and all this other stuff. The problem was, like, dude, you're not answering the phone. Yep. Like, you, know, you want to fix right this cars. problem? Answer the phone. I'm, I'm just really busy, man. It's like, okay, doing what? Well, I got this used car lot that brings me 70 hey, cars a week. He's like, busy yeah. cooking cupcakes <laughs> in his cupcake business. That's exactly right. Well, and, and, and it's, like, dude. It, it's the same thing with advisors, right? Because they'll get a bunch of tickets to write and they will feel busy. And so what do they do? They're not as as uh, attentive to each one. Exactly. And they're they're not working the appointments. They're not trying to get more people in. We're really busy. We're really busy. We're really busy. Until right? you're not. Exactly. And so that like that's why I built a system with acuity in my shop. It's like you, you don't you don't decide if we're busy or not. You decide when you click new appointment when the next date is. Absolutely. And you click yep, the button yep. and you type in their name and their information. And if if we get full, you need to come talk to me and tell me, hey. The schedule's full. You want to take a look at it and make sure that's right, you know, and I'll open up more room if we need to and we'll work it out. But it, it's not full until it says it's full, right? Because it's built on our capacity. The, the only the only time it'll block it off is for somebody trying to self-schedule. Oh, no. Other, mine, other. mine will tell you, you cannot schedule this. You're too full. You have to ask for manager authorization to override. Oh, no, no. Right away. You want to know what my, my workflow say yes, say no is? What's that? Say yes, figure the rest out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, when you grow, right? Like, I, I used to be against that. If somebody wants to call my business and come to me and yeah. and, and, and want my services, I, I, I'm sorry, I won't say no. I, 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 I'm against those guys that are like, oh, man, I'm two weeks out. Well, I, that's I don't want to be two weeks. Well, out. and and here, but here's the thing, right? Here's what you got to think about. I said get to nine people. Me, me, and you are in similar shoes now, but I was in two and a half base, and so I would do that when I was on the front counter. Yeah, bring it down. Yeah, bring it down. And occasionally, I'd look up and I'd have sixty cars in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and I could not get through them, and I was upsetting people, and I wasn't doing sure, sure. my clients justice. Right. However, when I moved. Now it's like you need to bring it on, right? Like <laughs> that mortgage payment is yeah, due yeah, whether yeah, 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 I feel busy yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah. Like I would love a day off. Great. Sorry. We'll get it done. Bring yeah. it down. Right. And so it changed my philosophy. Now, that being said, I, I'm there. There's there's a whole premise of, of folks. And, and there was this whole comment cycle that happened in our group the other day. And it was it comes back to um, whatever it takes to get the job. I'm not that guy. Right. Yeah, I'm not, no. I'm it, not the yes. And I'll just, it has my to price. win. It has, we have one of our core values is everybody has to win. Yeah. The company has to win. The individual has to win and the customer has to win. Yeah. If one of those doesn't win, then we don't do the job. Right. Well, I mean, and, and that was the conversation that was had is we'll just, you know, use a cheaper part and cut the price down and maybe knock some hours off of it and bring it back a little bit. So you don't, you know, and, and the argument was as well, she's a, she's a single mom, right. And she doesn't have a lot of money. And it's if you, it's always the single moms, huh? It's always the single moms. Yeah. Well, and, they get and you every time, but it's always a mentality issue, right? Because you could flip that around and you could say the single mom needs you to fix that car the right way more than ever. Well, and, and, and here's the thing is, is, at the end of the day, right, when you fix it cheap, you're not really doing her any favors. Exactly. Because it's going to fail again. She, she leaves with the false impression that her vehicle right. is safe. Well, we're going to lower our warranty so she can afford it. Well, we're going to lower our price and we're going to go beat up the technician. Well, where did the technician shortage come from? Right. We're going to use a low quality mm-hmm. part. And now our, our store is just stocking low quality parts that last six months to a year. Were they called that was in the book, uh, wasn't it? That book that we had, it was lower the warranty down. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with providing options, right? I don't have a problem with providing options and saying, here's what That's, the options that happens are. maybe twice a year. Right. Well, I mean, what I do though is I explain to them, I will, I will present it and mm-hmm. I will say, here, here's why we do it this way. Right. This yeah. is, and what do they do? They always come back Almost and say, I would rather yeah. save the money up. And do it the right way because I see the value in this. I see it's got a three-year warranty. I see that you know it's going to last thirty-six thousand miles or, or more. I see that you're doing what's right and you're standing behind it. And and we know it's going to last as long as the original part did. So if it doesn't, and it only lasts the twelve months for the lower warranty, and I have to do this again, how much money did I spend on the same job? 
it was way more than sure. you would have spent buying the better part the first time, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and I the problem is is you keep you keep bringing it down, and you know somebody in that comment thread said I, I found it very interesting was they said that it was um, they had convinced themselves that they were self righteous, right? That they were righteous in doing this because they're helping the client, but the reality is is they're just trying to get more dollar bills. It's not serving client. It's not educating the client. It's not helping the client. It's helping them get the sale. Well, and, and they're saying that to – even if it doesn't come off that way, let's dig into the psychology a little bit. The The reason why that comment is on there is because that person is trying to justify it to themselves yep. above all, yep. right? If you weren't trying to justify it to yourself, then you wouldn't even post it. Right. right, exactly, because you know you're going to get thrashed for it. Absolutely, right? absolutely. So you're looking for that justification within yourself, and, and that's that's okay. But at the same time, I agree with you. Like, why if if you if you're truly trying to help the customer, was that helping the customer? Right. And if your intentions were truly where they were, then why do you need to post about it? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and at the end of the day, is is I mean, I've heard people say, well, they're not technicians. And they're not like long-term service advisors. They, they're business owners. Sure. And so they don't really understand. But then you look at uh, Stefan Grab- How do you say his name? Yeah. He's always mad at me because I say it wrong, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I'm a country boy. Um, but, you know, you look at him and, and we've had conversations. He's like, I, I wasn't a tech. I wasn't a service advisor. And I know that's wrong, right? Like, I know it's not what's best for the client. I know it's not serving the client. And so I don't think it, it could be that. I, you know but somebody somebody did make a call and i think i know what thread you're talking about is on the asog facebook page i i follow that but there 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 was another guy that that said something and i don't necessarily agree with how he said it but Mm -hmm. i understand what he's saying right is that he said well look there's there's other shops that yeah. do that right and yeah and 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 i agree you know there's 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 other places that do ding things differently mm-hmm. whether whether it be a, a lower quality part or a lesser quality service or you know maybe they don't have handwritten thank you cards in the cars when the customer yeah. comes to pick up and and they serve a lower price point of our industry right and and that's okay you can still do that with you know, ethics. Yeah. You can still do that with integrity. And of so I, 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 whenever I look at, you know, things like that, I'm like, do you still serve your people with integrity? Yeah. And if you do that, okay. Right. You know, right. That's, that's fine. And, and, you know, it comes back to a discussion we had the other day because I was talking to somebody and I said, look, they, they were saying, well, how do you do this in a small town? Right. Like I'm in a small town too. Sure. And I'm like, well, Hey, you know, the economics of business work the same way, no matter where you're at. <laughs> Right, the percentages are the percentages. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So if your if your rent is only nine hundred dollars a month, and you're saying, well, you know, how can you guys charge that much? Well, yeah, if your rent's only nine hundred dollars a month for a five bay shop, you may not need to charge that hourly rate, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't have to have that for the numbers to work. Sure. However, if you go somewhere and it's five thousand dollars a month for that same five bay shop, man, guess what? Your labor rate is going to be more expensive. Yep. And, I, it was always something I always thought that was funny. Is like. People base their labor rate around other people. Right, dude. I, I, man, <laughs> I've got somebody in my town. 40, I've never called anybody and asked their labor rate. I've got somebody in my town, $45 an hour. And and like they $45 an hour and they, they've got a bunch of technicians and, and it's all kind of like GSCB level work. Sure. Right? sure. Like, and, and they do great. They make a fortune. They do fantastic. Is it where I would get my car fixed no it's probably not great people great human beings but at the end of the day you kind of got to say like dude i mean if it if, if you didn't own the property and you didn't own the building that it was sitting on and you didn't have years and years and years right like this would not be a problem himself anyway. over like like that though and he he's screwing himself out of I don't know, value but his, on the property like hey i i don't have any history of payment on this property but they, they don't realize off, that. It, they don't. They do. They even care about that though. But if you want to, like, I'm all about like, let's let's go a level deeper, right? Like, what is and and I I'm going to toss out a, my suggestion, but I want to hear you guys mm-hmm. as well. 
what is the common denominator of those shops? And and I, I thought about that for mm-hmm. a while, right? Because when I when I worked for Jasper, I, I stepped in and out of yeah. thousands of repair shops, right? And so right. you you start to think about what what are these five shops that are every time you walk in, they're they're busy and and they've got a lot of going right. on, right? And then you walk into these five shops, like, and they're not like, what's the common denominator? And again, then there's more than one, right? Oh, yeah, but you know, you think about it, and it goes. Look at the owner. No. Look at the owner. What what does the owner do? Does the owner work on cars or does the owner own the business? Yep. yep. And it, what I was able to find is that in these situations where the owner was back in the back working on cars was the $45 an hour shop. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, they, they were so tied to the work that they did that they never realized that it was so much bigger than that. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And and so my question then becomes, how do we educate those? A, how do we reach those that have been doing it? And I, I don't know that we can. I they come, in, they come into the groups and they say, you guys are ripping everybody off. I can't believe you charge them that. There has to I'm be only, a catalyst. I've only seen one guy say that in the group. Dude, six or seven in ASOG in the last month. Oh. Well, it, to to to, to feed that to feed that observation, you know, we had a we had a car at our shop two weeks ago mm-hmm. and needed a transmission. It's a Honda, mm-hmm. and you know, I want to say I don't remember what the price was, six thousand something like that. Yeah. You know, put a transmission in this thing, and uh, <laughs> I saw that that the the um, you know because we're on a cloud based shop management system, yeah. so I, you know I could not be at the shop and see. And so I saw that you know the work had declined. So you know I was just passing by my service advisor. I was like, hey, you know, like what what yeah. what did the customer end up deciding oh, to do? Or so so your employees hate you as much as my oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyways, uh, he he started laughing. He goes, well, I I, I got a call about that. I said. It kind of struck me. I said, well, tell me about this call, right? Right. And he said, well, it turns out that this this customer that had their vehicle in our shop and got, the, you know, the, needed a transmission, their aunt and uncle own a shop that's in this other town that's 30 miles away or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I happen to know these other shop people from my days with Jasper. I haven't yeah. seen him or talked to him in 10 years, but right. I just know who they are. Yeah, of it's a husband and wife. Guess what? Husband's the mechanic. Wife is the service advisor, right? right? And so she calls and talks to my advisor and rips my advisor up one side and down. I can't believe you guys would charge that type of, we are $85 an hour and I just don't have the heart to charge more than that in this economy. And I mean, and it, I almost wanted to call that shop owner because I'm like, first off, don't call my shop and talk to my employees right. that way. But I, I'm, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm yeah. gonna play the neutral ground, right? But it's not just, it, 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 and that's feeding into him. Like that happens, yeah. And it's, it's, and if you look at what is the common denominator, the common denominator is that owner either has a job or they own a business, yep. and if they're in immersed in that day to day then they don't see what's going on around them. Of course. Of course. And and my my frustration though is how do we reach them? Right? Because hey, and, and you know, it's it's kind of like um it goes back to the high school and the, the middle school argument, right? Like if we want to bring apprentices in, we need to start earlier, right? We need mm-hmm. to get them in soon. Sure. But in the same respect, like so we, we can reach owners before they start. And that's a lot of the hope of what we like to do mm-hmm. is these guys, these techs that are going mobile and the other things, you still have to be profitable. Sure. Right. Just because you're mobile doesn't mean you, you can do it without making money. You have to make money. And I mean, you can't do free diagnostics. It, <laughs> just at AutoZone. Just at AutoZone. <laughs> I completely throw that out there. Just, just at AutoZone. It's fine at AutoZone. Um, David loves AutoZone. Yeah. Um, I can tell. <laughs> but how do we reach the ones that are already there doing it? Is is there no hope as we just we're going to educate the ones coming in? Is that the plan? Well, I, I think that it's there's a couple ways that you can look at that. Um, one way is that you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. right? We we've all been there. Oh yeah, you you were there. I was there. Hey, I'm still there. there. Oh, I'm still there every day. Um, but 
I think that you have at the same time there has to be that that moment in that person's life like we talked about earlier the catalyst right like yeah what what is your moment mm-hmm. and some people don't ever have that moment or they had the moment and they didn't know that it was the moment yeah like my moment was i need somebody else to fix this car because i'm headed to kansas for 3 days right right so yep. I can't be here fixing the car and be in Kansas. And I already made a promise to myself that I'm going to be in Kansas. Right. You know, you had a catalyst, right? At some moment you said, okay, I have to transition from baking the pie to, to owning the business. Right. Maybe those people don't, they don't know what that moment is. And so they never encompass they, it. They never so they grow. never, they never yeah. grow. Right. And so, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, but the information is there. Yeah. Well, they, I, I think a lot of it is is that it's uncomfortable. You know, I, I was uh, last night we were sitting in here and I was showing Kent a video that I really like, and it, it's talking about the mountain of average, and True. right, and that at the end of the mountain of average is the cliff, and and it the the way the guy in the video talks about it is he said the the cliff is um, how did he describe that? Said that it is productive discomfort. He said it is both very productive. And it is also very uncomfortable. Sure. Right. And if you can embrace the discomfort, that there are big gains on the other side of it. It's how you get from average to elite. Sure. And so I think about that and I'm like, you know, a lot of these owners, they get right there and they, the first five or six clients rip them a new one because they've not refined their client database. They don't have the right clients in they the They haven't shop. done a Gandalf. Right, exactly. Well, they've not they've not worked to I'm make sure that the right people that. are there, right? And so all of a sudden, they're still fighting the bad client. They're, maybe bad's not the word, but the client who doesn't want what they say. Align with their business core values. Right. Sure. And so now the next thing you know, they're like, well, I'll just go back to the way I was doing it before. And so they, they continue to to live in this life of, of I can barely feed my family or, you know, I'm not going to go on vacations or my vacation. I, I can't imagine a, a life where I don't work in the shop. I mean, I guess it was like a year ago I was in a shop and the dude was like, Hey, um, I said, why don't you go to this training with us? And he said, man, he said, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to die in this shop. And I'm like, what? He's like, I'm either going to commit suicide or I'm going to die in this shop. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand. And he's like, nah, dude, he's like, I, there's no way out. I'm confused. What do you mean there's no way out? He's like, nah. He's like, I have to fix all the cars. Dude, the purpose of the business is not to fix all the cars. It's to be as profitable as you can be in 40 hours a week. No, dude, I got all these cars I got to fix. You're focused on the freaking car. The car is not your focus. The, 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 I mean, he just still needs to fix the car. Of course. Okay, then. But I mean, if he's the only one working, says, I can't find text. And I, I've got to be the service advisor, and I, I got to be the parts yeah. guy, and I, you know, I, there's but, no but they way don't out. Know. But that's but not true. They don't know what they don't know. They don't know that there's another thing out there. And and I'm gonna go back and circle back, and I'm gonna answer your question. Okay. And I think it's gonna answer your question. What? How do we reach those people? You are right. Yeah. No, or not yeah, that you, person. Yeah, you oh, that that that, 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 that next that next shop owner that that takes your your scholarship and goes to Vision is is reaching that person. Yeah, right. Yeah, and 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 because you know, it's I was, actually going to happen. I, I was that he's person. Very, he's very positive, and that's very nice. But but, but uh, that shop that is the the oh, the wife is the service advisor and the husband's the tech. They're just going to go out of business. So what we're going to do is we're just going to wait them out. <laughs> and in about three to five years. Acquisitions are have. coming. No, I, no, I agree with that. But that's, you're going to, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but. Kent, spicy listen, take. listen. My, my, Kent doesn't listen to the podcast. My, my dad, my to dad told me this a long time ago. <laughs> and he said, look, son, Noah's Ark wasn't built to save everybody. So saved eight souls. That's it. So at the same time, like there's going to be people, you're right. There's going to be that, that those people that say, I'm going to die in my shop. And, and you, it doesn't matter what we do. That's what they're, they're going to do. That's who they are. Right. Right. But then there's also these people. See, I I knew this guy one time. 
that was uh, driving down the road, and he was listening to, you know, this, you know, radio or podcast or whatever. And he got home and he was thinking that night and he said, he, uh, he was telling me the story and, and he said, I, I went on this Facebook page and I just typed in auto repair groups, right? And came across a couple and joined a couple and kind of was following yeah. along. And, and, uh, he said, um, I, I posted on here about, some podcasts mm-hmm. he said man I, I do a lot of driving you know i so i, I like to listen to podcasts and, and so i said I, I posted on this facebook page and asked for podcasts and somebody gave me the remarkable results radio with with yeah. carm right so he said i started listening to carm's podcast mm-hmm. and he said there was one podcast out there that said it was an episode um where he did with some coaches yeah and they had some coaches get on there, and he's listening to it, and and by this time I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, right, okay, yeah, want to hear what you got to yeah, say? Yeah. And he says, uh, he says, so I I decided when I got done listening to that episode that I needed a coach. Yeah. So he said I went back to that Facebook page that I originally had posted about podcasts, and right. so I asked people, what what where do I find a coach? I need a coach. Right. Yeah. Right? So people were commenting, you know, oh, this group and this group and this group. And right. One of the groups was RLO. Yeah. So he said, um, I contacted RLO. And I right. said, I need a coach. He said, well, you're not ready for a coach yet because you're right. only doing $15,000 a month. Right. He said, but we do have this gorilla shop management program that you should probably take, and then we can build you up yeah. to a coach or to, a, you know, get into a, a coaching group. And so he did that. Right. And he took the gorilla shop management course and then kept growing his business and then joined a 20 group and kept growing his business. And then guess what? What? He became a facilitator. Yeah. You want to know who that guy was? Who? Me. Right. Exactly. So I was a guy that was listening to a podcast that sought out the information for change. Those people are out there, and Noah's Ark wasn't built to save everybody, right? But the one scholarship that you get, and you and you send that guy to Vision, you send that guy to Apex, or you know, right. AST. Amen. Somebody out there is 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 taking that information and is going with it, and you can't let the other people that aren't shadow the people that are, right? You just got to find them, and and that's a that's such a valid point. It's like that. If if we listen, if they're listening, we need close the shop, close the shop. That's <laughs> what so we did. Well, you know, look here. Here's my shut thing. it down. It's not worth it. <laughs> Run. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant close the shop. Go to Vision. <laughs> no, I'm listening. If, you, if you're ready for another down. shop, half a honey bun you can buy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's had a very interesting few days. He's uh, I've been I there. hate cars. I, I like the people. I like the business aspect of it. I like the numbers. I hate cars. I'm in the wrong business. I should have sold chili. I told you I was going to open a chili truck, right? <laughs> How much stuff can but you get wrong selling chili? But you just said that a chili, chili truck is a truck, which is an automobile, which you said you hate. Yeah, I hate, I hate All cars. right. Well, then you better not drive that chili truck around. I say around. chili truck, but it would have been a trailer that I can pull. With you a vehicle the, like, that you hate. Yeah. Well, I can he would have hated it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have hated the chili business. <laughs> you think? He'd be like, you know what? I love chili, but I hate everything else hate about everything. making chili. I hate tomatoes. Yeah. I hate everything in chili, but I like chili. Right. And it's going to, next, it would be honey buns. Right, I hate right, honey buns. Right. I hate honey buns so much. It was a uh, I hate shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I like I to wear them, but I hate them. <laughs> You, a, you you know what? I just realized <laughs> that you are clearly a listener of this show. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know for a fact, he, David he I listened to, to the, the very first episode on phone shoppers, by the way. Oh! The very first one. He didn't make it past episode one. 120 <laughs> episodes later, he's like, I didn't say I that was that the one. only episode I've listened to. I'm saying I got, I'm I got part the of the OGs. I got the well, vibe. You know, so... so um, I've been on these streets since these streets were paved, sir. <laughs> <laughs> There was a donut truck shop. A donut truck. They sold donuts. Yeah. And they got a special permit to pull up to this spot. 
in mm-hmm. Overland Park. Yeah. They could sell their donuts. It got wildly popular. Because everybody wanted these donuts. I don't know what's special about the donuts. A donut, whatever. He that, said that's not home. true, but I'm gonna let you continue. <laughs> what uh, how do you there was another place you got me on a tangent. Sorry. Anyway, they put lawn chairs, little tables in front of the truck. The city ends up shut, shut them down. They're like, because hey, we they gave became you. popular. Well, no, they they said, hey, you can have this truck and you can have a special permit, but you got to move it at night. Mm-hmm. Like when you're not open, you got to move it. We don't want it permanently parked here. Now, I don't know why he didn't just like pull it up down the street and park it there and then pull it right back in. Maybe it was too difficult. I don't know. But he wasn't moving it. He's like, I've become an institution. Everybody comes downtown to hang out, eat my donuts. And what did... And what ended up happening, they uh, they came in, they shut them down. They're like, we're not going to let you operate any longer. You you have to find a permanent building um, so people can have their donuts. That's so what would have happened. Did he get a permit? Chili. No, he shut down. He just like, said, I'm done? Well, he what's he supposed to do? He can't sell the donuts. I mean, why not get a permanent building? It, if maybe, it maybe he like didn't buildings like Buildings available I, on By the time corner, he was done, he didn't he like, just donuts, like anymore. donuts Yeah. That seems like a common to find. That seems like a pretty common theme around you, David. Did you find a building? Yeah, sure. No, I didn't find a building. I had to build one. Yeah, exactly. They're not that easy to find. He didn't have to build one. He had the opportunity to build one. No, 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 no. He looked. Okay, he couldn't find a building that also had running water, septic system that was owned by the building space. No, he couldn't find something that fit. Those things are optional. Now, now, look, they are. (laughs) And now now that I look back on it, I do have to say, like, you know, a big part of that is I didn't like any of the buildings that I couldn't walk to work from. I can see that. I I just, you know. I'm just saying that my chili truck would have gone. Would have been shut down by the city, probably. Too. There, there was so a, is that where that story was going? Yeah. Okay. Just, right, we, we, that's the hey, tie back. You got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure you stay with me all the way. I'm, I'm glad you. We went full circle. He got it. See, he keeps up. I like him. There, there was a um, one of my clients has a cookie company, and he makes cookies. Really nice guy. Really cool guy. This is the cookies you give away to your customers. Yeah. And so he. Man, they look legit. You should see these cookies. Okay. You don't look like you eat a lot of cookies. But I, 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 I like a cookie. Yeah, well, a cookie see, once a year. No, no, no. Here's the thing, <laughs> dude. If so, I ate a cookie once a year, I'd look like you. Some some people like work. <laughs> this out. takes more than one cookie, dear. Like this is a this is a whole thing. My this girlfriend is a will work out because she genuinely <laughs> likes to work out. Right, like. She'll be like, "Hey, let's go run a bunch today," and I'm like, "Okay." So your girlfriend? Yeah, but she but she likes to run. I, right? Should I point out that it's one not day, an X? That would be a quick X. You go work out, but I'll no. Be over here but here's the thing. So, so there's two different types of people that work out. Okay, I'm the <laughs> other type of people that work out. I don't work out because I love to work out. I work out because the whole time I'm busting my you know what and I'm sweating it out. I'm going. All right, there's one Makers and Coke. <laughs> there's two Makers and Cokes. Amen. I, I work out so that I can eat cookies. <laughs> yeah, I should probably be doing that myself. That's a healthy balance. So some people just eat the cookie and lots of them. Like, I will be like, you know, I do like, you know, Orange Theory Fitness, you know, the, one of these right. like high intense, you know, interval training. And I'm like, let's get done. I'm like, yep. All right. I can have three Makers and Cokes tonight. No, look, look here. I've got this figured out. You just go get that little shot from them people like the celebrities get. And as long as you don't stop getting it, you know, I mean, look, yeah, it's going to give you thyroid cancer and everything else, but you like lose a ton of weight and never gain it back as long as you keep taking the shot. You'll never gain it back because you can't gain weight when you're dead. Oh, is that <laughs> what it I is? I think that's how that works. Oh, Sorry. shit. Like, yeah, what he you gained 10 pounds about? in 10 years. Yeah, because he's been in the ground for 10 years. About? Oz- Where do I go? Ozempic or whatever? I don't, like, I don't even know. Is this a real what, thing? What, I yeah. thought you were making it up. No, it's real. It's real. So, all these celebrities have been like injecting themselves with this. It's a diabetes drug. And so, what they don't like, they tell you, but it's in that at the end of the, the advertisement, is they just qualified it for weight loss. And doctors were giving it to everybody. And they're like, oh, by the way, 
it's got like a 50% chance you're going to get thyroid cancer. But come on, though. I mean, let, let's think about this. I'm going to walk into a doctor's office, and they're going to give me a shot that's going to make me lose weight. And my first thought wouldn't What's it be— What's do, like crash your blood sugar and then like— I have no idea. Body releases ketones? Like, I, it, Have you heard the story about, about when you're getting sick in Texas? Um, I don't think so. So I got this. He's like, only heard the first episode, dear. No, I got this really no. terrible sinus infection. There's three. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's this really. I, I there was the one I listened to right before I walked down. No, That's kidding. it. That's it. All, it's you. People hate you, David. But let's let's look, but let's let's talk about the real elephant in the room. And the real elephant in the room is that. Lucas obviously hangs out with much more socially, like another level than we, right? Because we didn't even know about this shot. And yeah, Lucas that's is ex- like, that is a fantastic that, yes, point. See, yeah, that you must so be he in is, with these yeah, celebrities. He is rubbing, rubbing elbows, he's rubbing yeah, pinkies with some some higher class happened. people than we are. I no, I'm just. Uh, I know I've got to do something about this. I just, yeah, and your friends, your celebrity friends, yeah, are yeah, like, yeah, "Hey, yeah. just get this shot," and you start looking up, going, "Hey, this will give you a thyroid cancer." Did you know that? Just, but I look great. He strikes yeah, so me as a kind of guy. So. If he, I bet you, if he holds up a wine glass, that pinky's out. Yeah, that's a every yeah. time. Yeah, every he's time. a bourbon drinker. Yeah. Fancy bourbon. I do like fancy bourbon. I do like fancy bourbon. I, I I found a bottle of Blanton's the other day. Really? In Stillwater at this liquor store that like, did you off the wall? How much was it? Seventy bucks. So you know what that is online right now, right? Yes, double the price. Oh yeah, yeah, easy. She didn't know what she had. Right. Well, but see, that's just it. It's like they'll sell them in the store for nothing. Mm-hmm. You can buy a bottle of um, of Eagle Rare for sixty bucks. In that, the store. That's actually not true. The only bottle of Blanton's that I have found in stock on the shelf. Now, this one was in the back. I just happened mm-hmm. to ask, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I think I got a bottle yesterday." You know, like this one was like on the shelf. You could walk yeah. in and buy it. It was three hundred dollars. Really? Yeah, and that's why nobody well, had bought it. Well, three hundred dollars. So here's the thing: is like when you, um, like in North Carolina, right? You've got the ABC stores. That are that they get an allotment of what's, what's a, ABC stores? Uh, we go to alcohol like bureau, a- whatever. It's the only place you can buy liquor, right? It's in an ABC store. You can't go to a normal store and buy something. I think that's how so, it is in Missouri too. Well, like, that, so uh, it's all controlled, or maybe in Kansas, you and have they to go can to like a liquor store to. You, well, yeah, yeah, you can't go to can't, a gas station to buy yeah. liquor. Yeah. Well, so they they you they can't mark their price up. Their part their price is what the manufacturer sets the list price as. Sure, because it's a government organization. Mm-hmm. So you just go in and buy it for whatever. So you can buy all See, those models. Nice. That are super expensive, but now they're hard to get. And so you, you get to be friends with the people at the liquor store. You have to. Win there. Yep. So you walk yep. in, and they, they've got the allotment, and it's being put on the shelf, and you grab your how, how are you not a reseller? Hmm? Can you not resell the product online? I mean, you could, but like then you have to have, because it's liquor, you have to have license to sell it and ship it out of state. Okay. How hard could that be? Can't you be based out of a the, freer state? The the like what's the rules in South Carolina? The guy who uh, the Crunkleton, the the dude who did the bourbon tasting at okay, AST, sure. yeah. yeah, yeah, he he worked for ten years to get a bill passed just to be able to sell bottles of alcohol that were older bottles than like a year old. Like it is unbelievably wow. regulated. It, it's a like in North it, Carolina. No, it's a, it's All actually parts of the country. It's a free for all. It, it's still regulated, like how they distribute the the alcohol and everything else is. But what's the weird part though is like you get out here into the Midwest, and we'll have like out here the, in the Midwest, honey. We, we're in Florida. Yeah, we're in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> in Florida, they have drive through liquor stores. Have well, you seen those? I like, actually i i played a Illinois, i played a concert one time in New Orleans. And the first thing that we did, it was like, it was big festival. Like we were not like a big name act by any means, but it was one of those when we got off the airport, like somebody was like standing there with a sign. I'm like, shoot, like, you know, right. right? So like the first day, so we, they picked us up at the airport and were shuttling us to this, this concert ground. Right. And they said, well, we have to stop somewhere to get something for you guys. And, oh, okay. So we went through and it was a drive through daiquiri liquor store. <laughs> They lit and I, I have a picture on my phone. <laughs> they, yes, no, no, it's a gallon. They hand you this gallon of this daiquiri. I, my, okay, so it sounds great, but it's actually not because the problem is, is that it's really good. And we drank the entire gallon before we took stage. 
Oh, no. oh. So we, I mean, it was like, it was, yeah, it was blackout bad time. But the idea of it. Did it was, turn out okay? Like, how did it turn out? What did the fans think? Though? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Just that he blacked out. <laughs> What did the people tell you the fans thought? Uh, well, uh, we actually got to open up for Joe Nichols is what yeah. the show was. And Joe's band thought we were great, but I don't have a clue. I don't. Um, do you know who uh, Adam Church is? Adam Church. I think that's his name. Uh, I don't know that I, I know he's, that He's name. one of those uh, hoo-ha new country singers. He, a bunch of them went to App State. Some of the newer kids mm-hmm. on the block went to App State. And so um, there's – a couple videos that that were their first music videos that there's jars of moonshine being tossed around yeah. and there was conversation about like hey guys y'all know that that's illegal just don't tell anybody where it came <laughs> from like we don't know anything about yeah, that but you here. can't trace it you know what <laughs> right. i mean like yeah exactly thank god until they listen to the podcast <laughs> maybe you better edit that out <laughs> they don't listen to the podcast Good. Nobody listens. Yeah, this is the first episode. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's the first episode. So, um, where we go from here, man? Um, I think that there is a. Uh, I love the the direction okay. that it's going. Okay. Um, and I think that just because everybody isn't here to be saved doesn't mean that there's not people out there that need it. If we if if between all of us sure. collectively we make sure that one person doesn't feel like i felt when i started fixing my business mm-hmm. because i didn't i didn't feel like i had purpose i didn't feel like i had vision i didn't feel like i was going anywhere sure and i wanted to leave something more for my kids and i was stressed out and i was going home and i wasn't being a dad sure i was going home and i wasn't being a husband right if we can keep one person from feeling that way to me, that's successful because like our world for us feels enormous. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Sure. Like as a human being, what we face every single day feels like a giant problem. And now to us, we look back at those same problems that they have and we think, man, that was so small. Why was I even stressed about that? That's not even a big deal at all. Sure. But but to them, as they're going through it, it feels like a big deal. And so – if we can help them get from the point that it feels like a big deal to where life goes on, I feel like it was a success. Uh, I'll tell you another quick story just because I love stories. So I, I, I meet this this motivational speaker, kind of like a you know chip type guy, and um, uh, we meet for coffee, you know, in Hutchinson, Kansas. I just talked with him a couple months ago, and uh, he told me a story. He said. Uh, I used to go out and with my granddaughter and go catch like butterflies and little insects at this little nature place. Right. Yeah. Um, And he said one time we we used to take this jar, you know, big pickle jar type thing. And we'd go out and we'd drag the net through the, through the bushes. And, you know, you get your net out and you'd see what you caught and you'd put it in the jar. Right. And he said, we, we used to catch these little fleas that we'd put in this jar and he said that we had, you know, four or five of them that we had, you know, my granddaughter had, had gotten and she had put in this jar and we went home and in this jar went up on the dresser and that's where they stayed. And he said on the way back from leaving the, the nature center and for the first couple of days that they had these fleas, he said it was, it was annoying because he would keep hearing this like all yeah. the time. And so he's trying to figure out what 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 is that noise? Well, what it was was these fleas were jumping up in this jar and they were hitting the lid mm-hmm. on the jar, and so that was that pickle jar lid, you know, that right. popping noise. And he said after a couple of days it stopped. So he said he went back there in the room and he looked in the jar and the fleas were still in there, but they just weren't jumping up and hitting the lid. They were still kind of jumping a little bit, but they yeah. weren't hitting the lid. And he says after a month or so, you know, we we decided that we were going to let these fleas go. And so the granddaughter, we went out in the backyard, you know, and the granddaughter took the lid off the jar and set the jar there. And they waited in anticipating that these fleas were going to jump out and go. Right. And they never did. And he said, I thought about that. 
And he said, that's almost a, an analogy to people. When, when we have this lid or what we feel like is a lid that is over the top of us mm-hmm. and it caps us from growing, sometimes we forget to stop. We, we, we stop jumping. Yeah. Right? And yeah. We, we always feel like that lid's there. And sometimes when we take that lid off, we still don't know Amen. that we can jump out of that jar. And I yep. think, where do we go from here? I think we teach as many people how to jump as possible. Yeah. Because Reinvigorate their passion to jump. Yeah. The, the lid can come off, and the lid is, is the information. You know, the information's out there, mm-hmm. right? Like, you as a shop owner, it doesn't take but a quick Google search. It's not like we're 50 yeah. years ago, right? Like Exactly. It doesn't take but a quick Google search to find the information. Correct. Right? But if you don't know how to jump out of that jar, yep. you know, then you'll, you're never going to get there. That's exactly so right. So we got to figure out, we got to get that lid off, and we got to help them jump. And I think if we can figure out how to do that, that's how you change the industry. Amen, buddy. I couldn't think of a better place to end it. I would have filled that whole jar with bleach or something. <laughs> Killed every single one of them, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.